KSOO. Hi, this is Chad, and I have the cure for your snooze button in the morning. It's the Main Street Cafe. We open the doors at 5 a.m. weekday morning, so you're prepared for another workday. So haul yourself out of bed and be part of the show. The Main 414 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO, and we are continuing our conversation with Jonathan Ellis, as I call him, the finest investigative reporter working in South Dakota today. He, of course, of Argus Leader Media. Um, let's uh, let's turn the, the, the uh, conversation here to local politics. Obviously, you've been doing a lot of work on this whole thing with the event center and uh, the siding and all that and the lawsuit and... Uh, uh, the great victory won for freedom and democracy that day when the Supreme Court said that they couldn't make, keep this agreement secret. Um, so now here we sit with uh, still not knowing, still not getting that report. The the uh, uh, It's got a name. The Judd Allen Report. Judd Allen Report, yeah. which was a some sort of forensic engineering effort to figure out what was wrong. Still secret. What's going to happen now? What's going where does this go from here? Well, I mean, you know, so, so the confidential settlement underpinning the confidential settlement, which the secret settlement, secret settlement, uh, underpinning that was this now we're told as a draft report that was done now three years ago. Um, and drafts technically can be, don't have to be released to the public under our state open record law. Um, and they don't, the, the, the draft, even though it was, even though this report was paid for, there was never a finalized version of it. Which is such a huge loophole. It's just, a, it's a just huge. Just don't finalize it. Just what? don't finalize it. Correct. Um, and, and, and so, you know, there, there are some, so what's going to happen? I mean, there, are there are some city councilors who say, look, w- if you're not going to release this report, we're just going to go, we're going to pay for our own independent, you know, uh, analysis to come in. But you know that, that that's problematic in a couple of ways. I mean, for one thing, the city council doesn't have an they can they can allocate money to do that, but they don't have sort of the capacity or the apparatus to actually pick a consultant to do this. That's the administration's job, and the administration can just say, "Forget you, we're not going to do this." Yeah, so it's still a strong mayor form of government. Correct. So the mayor the mayor could easily you know shoot this thing down. I think that couldn't they though? Couldn't they order the report open? Couldn't they do that? They, I mean, that would put them in conflict with the city attorney who says they don't want, they, they don't, but I think they probably could. I don't know. My guess is, though, the administration would find a way to make it secret. Mm-hmm. Now, here, here's what's going to happen. I, I think that, um, I think that they'll be, you know, we'll write about this some more as things come up, but I think there will be, um, this they'll sit on this, and I I am fairly confident that the person person who becomes the next mayor um, may very well decide that that report should be made public. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's only a matter of time. And, and I and I can tell you this too that I think that there will be some um, there might be an appetite among some lawmakers in the legislature to address this drafts issue. It's not uncommon for drafts and working papers or whatever to be in other states to be not 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 subject to. Uh, open record laws, but there are some parameters about which you know you can't something designate something a draft forever, like they're trying to do here. And it's, so there it's might not be like a situation where the thing's not done. It's not. It's not a collection of notes. It was a yeah. From what the, the email, the building that we've seen was a preliminary report that was that was sent, and, and that would be, um, you know, presumably 
Um, and we, you know, this settlement, and I think your listeners are probably well up to speed on the settlement that, that, um, city officials sold to the public as being something that in, in, in fact it was not, um, you know, the, the, the settlement, um, probably was not as good for the city as they first claimed it was, probably because I'm guessing that the city shares some responsibility for the paneling issue. Like it was it was signed off on by a city employee of some sort. Well, I mean, let's I mean, probably by the mayor. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, if it wasn't signed off technically by the mayor, I mean, I, I've been told by people who were involved in the project that the mayor was de- was was involved in the very detailed choices mm-hmm. about what color tiles were going in bathrooms and what kind of decorations were going to be in. And so he was intimately involved with just the most, uh, it just just down to all, you know the most mm-hmm. minute details on this thing. So, and if in fact, and we don't know this for a fact, but if in fact he or somebody very high in the administration said, "Yeah, it's fine, go ahead," then then Mortensen and the and the contractors are like, "Oh, you you told us to use these, man, right?" Or you said it was okay. Now you want money out of me? Right. Maybe so th- not. Yeah. So that's presumably why, that, that's presumably why, again, pr- I'm using the word presumably. Hypothetically why. Why the city didn't actually get the million dollars that it claimed it got. Right. We're here talking with Jonathan Ellis. He is a reporter and columnist for Argus Leader Media, and we're touching on some of the issues surrounding the event center, which continues to be an ongoing issue. Um, now, I saw a photograph taken by uh, an Argus Leader staff member uh, of uh, that was posted with a, a recent story of an engineer and a, a former retired engineer of some sort, project manager, and counselor Teresa Staley standing by the event center looking at the, th- the. But I don't know what that was about. Is that? I just saw the photo. Is that a thing? If you, I mean, is there going to be some sort of? Well, you know, we went out there actually yesterday. Uh, my colleague Joe Sneevy and I, you know, he and I have been covering this story, and uh, we went out there yesterday because Don Hennies, who's the the, mm-hmm. the former lawmaker, he'd been a general you know, runs a kind of a, a home inspection business now, but back in the day, he'd been a general contractor and, and uh, was involved in, for, for example, the Barnett Center in Aberdeen. You know, uh, some pretty big buildings, so he has got an understanding of how this how all of this works. Um, and he was out there, we were, you know, kind of looking at the paneling itself. And I had not really actually had a f- good firsthand look at it um, when I'd been there before, had been at night. So I actually, I'm out there in the daylight looking at it. And there's some very, I mean, look, it looks bad. It yeah. just looks bad. And, you know, After you know what it you, is. <laughs> you can, yeah, you can kind of get, you. I mean, you know, the mayor thinks it's aesthetically pleasing and that's fine. The aesthetics are always in, you know, eye of the beholder. Um, is it, you know, you have to ask yourself, is it worth, I mean, if, 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 if the panels are protecting the building, the way that the city officials say it, in other mm-hmm. words, not, there's not water, there's a, there's a, a waterproof seal or membrane behind those panels. If it, the panels are doing their job, then you ask yourself, okay, do you rep- spend a million dollars or how much it ever is to redo them correctly? Or do you just live with the aesthetics? And that's just a question, you know, I, that, that we had, you know, I guess the mayor's answered that for his, his, mm-hmm. his purposes. And it may be the the right answer. But the question, yeah, but the question I have, so here, but here's the problem, okay? The city sold the public on this notion that there's a million dollars when there was not, okay? And now they, but, 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 hey, but they want us to believe that the building is fine and there's not water, but we're not going to release a report from a forensic architect who looked, we're not going to make that public. You just have to trust us. I don't understand Even though we lied to you about the million dollars, trust us on this. And so there are a lot of people who don't trust them. For obvious reasons, I mean, because they misled the public, yeah. and so that that is a, that is a, a concern that you know uh, Teresa Staley has. She was out there looking. Uh, that's a, that's a concern that 
um, that the uh, engineer Don would have. Uh, is there water getting in there, and what's 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 actually what is the rated material behind there? That's what he wanted to know. What is behind there? What's it rated? He want you know he wanted to look at shop drawings and things of that nature. Is you know is this building or or in a few years are we going to have to deal with water issues? Right. If this it's is, so- remember this is the most expensive building project in Sioux Falls history, and certain city councilors say, "Oh, it's just a witch hunt." Give me yeah. a break. No, I I uh, already. If you uh, go to my podcast uh, on iTunes, you can find my thoughts on Councillor Rex Rolfing's uh, statements, which were absurd. I uh, take all everything else out of it. What he was saying is demonstrate a fundamental misunderstanding of actual government. Well, I mean, uh, what he said is, I mean, you're an elected official, and you're this is your job, and you're not doing your job. Yeah, and he also said. Now we won't be able to uh, do business because we can't do it in secret. That's ridiculous. I know. It was ridiculous, the whole thing. This, th- which brings me to my question. So this doesn't go away. It just, it, I, I'm sure uh, the Huther administration folks thought this was done and buried a long time ago, and it keeps coming back. How, you know, wh- how does this play out for everybody? You know what I mean? There, you have to do a little crystal balling, but it certainly is not a good if you're the mayor, this is not good for you long term because it's not going away. You know, I I don't know how much longer it plays out. I, I think at some point it just becomes a, 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 a becomes a campaign issue, a political issue. I mean, we're we're we are nearing we are on the on the cusp of political campaign seasoning here in in Sioux Falls. Um, we already have what, eight people running for mayor. Mm-hmm. Is that the correct number? Do that I is have, the correct. Did number. I miss anybody? In no, the last? that is the okay. current number. Um, and undoubtedly, I think, I mean, maybe Jim Endeman, who is, uh, most you know, closely associated mm-hmm. with the mayor, maybe he, I think he's already said some things along the lines of this is, you know, overblown and let's move on. Yeah, but, I'm sure. But, uh, other than that, I mean, I, I think that, you know, most people on that campaign trail are going to be the like, like we need more answers and we're going to get answers. And if I'm elected mayor, I, I will get those answers. Um, so it it will definitely be a political. I, I mean, you'll hear about it a lot. I think uh, as the campaigns start for Enneman in particular, who was not only uh, an ally of the mayor but was a cheerleader and a frontman on the event center. Well, correct. He had his um, announcement actually at the event center in the in the lobby. Right, and when they when it passed, uh, when was that? They when the the night the the uh, election for it. You know, he was the guy standing up there saying this is a great day. Yeah, that was uh, the special election in 2011. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so he can't get he, – he can't escape it, and it's going to keep coming up over and over. So he better have a – not that it's going to take him down, but he's a, a, a front runner in this. He's in the top tier of candidates. He better have a good answer. It's going to be tough on him. Correct. I mean, and he's, you know, he's fortunate in that he left office. Uh, he only served the one term and mm-hmm. left office. Within probably a couple of weeks before the paneling issue started to really kind of be, take take notice, uh, so he was gone uh, before. So he wasn't involved in any of the negotiations. What are we, we going to do about this? Right. But uh, so he had so timing is on his side at least there. Um, I have seen some statements from well, uh, Greg Jamison, um, in particular, uh, talking about the need for more transparency. He's sort of come around on these issues, don't you think? Well, no, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, he, as a lawmaker, uh, sponsored a bill that, you know, that would have put an end to any kind of confidential settlements. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know. If, that was fairly I, recent. I, I don't think I would say that. Um, I, I don't recall him being 
anti-transparency. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, we're going to talk more. We're going we're gonna to work our way up the ladder here in terms of government and government secrecy. So stay with us. Uh, we're going to talk more with Jonathan Ellis after the news. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO.